0: And so it's a wonderful opportunity for us to celebrate our labors. How many of you are hard workers? How many of you just like, you know, I'm tired of working. I'm just, I've been working for a long time. Yes, uh, you know, we've all been working hard. And, and so it's, it's a good opportunity for just to take time to be still, to get rested up. But I don't know about you, but sometimes I've asked myself the question, or I've said to myself rather, wouldn't it be nice if you just had some help? How many of you would just like some help in life? How many of you wish it was like the movies where, you know, something could just happen and all of a sudden you would find yourself being a, a superhero? You know what I mean? It like superhero strength. Wouldn't that be great? I mean, how many of you like the superhero movies? Did you ever like comp- comics growing up? Or do you like, you know, the, the, the superhero movies that are on the, the movies nowadays? I mean, they're, they're, they're pretty cool. And it's, uh, it gives you an opportunity to just kind of escape reality and watch the superheroes on the screen with their abilities and their gifts and their talents. And they're always rescuing those that are in distress, right? And, and you know, there's something about that because God has put within us this desire to experience more in this life so it's not necessarily just a fantasy if you will when we're watching those and seeing those people exercise extraordinary feats because something within us says there's got to be more than just me laboring all by myself and doing it in the arm of my strength you you know what I'm saying and so you know when you think about it you know you're looking at these superheroes and I just thought of a couple different ones and uh, looked up their personal strengths. You know, there's Superman. Everybody's familiar with Superman, and obviously Superman, he came from another planet. You know, this guy, he has superhuman strength. He's basically indestructible, unless he comes in contact attack with kryptonite, you know, but he's basically indestructible. He can fly. I mean, he can shoot lasers out of his eyes. He, 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 he's uh, uh, able to uh, uh, leap over buildings in a single bound, right? He's just Superman. And then you look at another one, Spider-Man. Anybody know who Spider-Man is? You know, he got bit by a radioactive spider and all of a sudden things begin to change, change in his body we find out that he's got superhuman strength once again he's got speed he can climb up walls hang off buildings a- a- and then he's got this special gift that's called spidey senses right and all of a sudden something goes off and he knows dangers around the corner right well what about the Hulk and I'm telling you what the Hulk was my favorite as a little kid you know you remember man is back in the 70s I remember we had a really bad TV and it was like almost snow on the screen when you watched it. But man, I would sit there and look at the, oh, watch the Incredible Hulk movie through all the snow because, man, he was as bad. But you know, when it comes to the Incredible Hulk, once again, he, he, he's Bruce Banner and he was infected by gamma rays and as a result he's now got superhuman strength he's immune to diseases and toxins or excuse me that's not the Hulk that's uh, the, the other guy but he has accelerated healing and he's resistant to mind control that's the Hulk here's another Captain America Captain America once again he was in the army and so he was uh, exposed to the, the 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 serum to be the super soldier And as a result, one of the things that he has, again, is superhuman strength. He's got the ability or the immunity to disease and toxins. And then he grows old very slow or he ages very slowly. And then the last one that I have here is Wonder Woman. Who doesn't like Wonder Woman? Once again, she's not from this earth. She's got superhuman strength. She's got supreme wisdom. She's got enhanced senses. And she has telepathy. Man, she can read minds. Come on, man. We look at these individuals and we think, dear God, wouldn't it be amazing to be able to do that? Have you ever had dreams where you can fly? Just the sensation, man, just to be lifted off the ground. Man, again, I don't know if you've ever had those desires or just kind of imagined, what if I had superhuman strength and I was like the superhero, I'm Superman, right? Now, let me just ask you a question. This is just between you and me. Won't tell anybody, but if you had the opportunity, if it was real, if somebody said to you, listen, I can turn you into Superman, would you take it? If you could be the Superman superhero with super strength and special powers, would you do it? And I would dare say that all of us would say, come on, sign me up, I'll take some of that, right? I mean, listen, life is hard, and I, just, I could use a little help in this time in my life. I believe that everybody would say, yes, sign me up. Because you realize in this life, it's like a triathlon. Anybody know what a triathlon is? You know, you, you swim for a, a good while, then you bike for several miles, and then the last feat of it is, is that you run for several miles, right? And I believe for most of us, it's like this triathlon where we get done swimming, and we're thinking, whew, I got done. Whew, I finished my race. And then they hand you the bike. Oh, no, you're not done yet. you still got some biking to do. <sighs> got some biking to do, huh? Oh, so you start biking. And then you get done with the, 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 the portion of the bike, and you think, man, I crossed the finish line. I'm done now. I've done my work. And then they say, oh, no, here's your tennis shoes. You've got to keep on going. Come on, have you ever noticed that life feels that way? I mean, you just exert energy, you work hard, and then you think you've got a, an opportunity to get some rest. No, you still got to do some work, Right? Man, wouldn't it be great if we had some superhuman strength to help us get through? Wouldn't it be nice to have wisdom and have the ability to have stamina in this life? The interesting thing is, as I said, is that even though there's this desire on the inside of us to have an experience with more or having extra help, Actually, God says, I've done something about that, and actually, I've set some things up for you so that you can experience some of those superhuman feats, if you will, that you can have help and strength, and notice what the Bible says here in John chapter 17, and to help us see this this morning, I'm going to share several scriptures with you, so, uh, uh, you know, if you, you, I'll talk slow, so listen quick, all right? So just purpose to write some notes down if you will So in John chapter 17 verses 15 and 16 Jesus said this He says You're in the world But you're not of it Hey wait a minute now That sounds kind of like Superman Superman was in the world but he's not of the world Yeah Jesus said you're in the world But you're not of it And then we also see over in Chronicles chapter 29 I believe it is It says that you're aliens in this earth That you're uh 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 you're a foreigner. You're a soldier and you're just passing through. Now, when I say alien, I don't mean the green thing with the bug eyes and the little antennas on top, meaning that your home is not this earth. He says you're an alien. So, in other words, Wonder Woman, come on. She wasn't from this earth. She was from another planet as well. So, then, therefore, that makes her an alien, right? Well, the, the Bible tells us that we as believers, as Christians, this isn't our home. Then we also see over in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 3, it says, For you are still fleshly. For since there is jealousy and strife among you, are you not fleshly? And are you not walking like mere men? So if the Apostle Paul is saying to them, you are acting like and walking about like mere men, or just simply natural acting carnal men, Doesn't that imply that we can walk and live a different way, not just merely being mere man or natural man, but we can be a superman, right? So in other words, God's saying that there's some other way of living that is possible than just simply living this life as a mere man. So as we share today this last message of this series, we're going to help ourselves get tuned in to understand how God wants us to live in this life and the help that he's given us. Over in Hebrews chapter 13, starting in verse 5, I'm going to read it from the Amplified, excuse me, and it says this, it says, Let your character or moral disposition be free from love of money, including greed, lust, and craving of earthly possessions, and be satisfied with your present circumstance and with what you have. For he, God himself, has said, I will not in any way fail you, nor give you up, nor leave you without support. I will not, I will not, I will not in any degree leave you helpless, nor forsake you, nor let you down. Relax my hold on you, assuredly not. So notice what the Bible says there. The Bible says, now, in this life, Don't let yourselves get caught up with all the stuff and all the things because if you allow yourself to be wanting all the time, then that will become your natural craving is always seeing what you don't have and always wanting what you don't have. But he says, now, me as your God, he says, I will see to it that I will meet your needs and whatever you have need of. He says, but now, most importantly, he says, I won't fail you. He says, I won't leave you without support. He says, I won't relax my hold on you. So that means that, man, God has got a grip on you. He's got you in his arms. Come on. Does anybody relate with what that is telling us, that God loves us so much that he's desiring for us to come into a relationship and knowing that God has our back? He says this. He says, "Assuredly not. He says uh, three times, rather. He says, I will not in any degree leave you helpless. He says, I will not, I will not, I will not forsake you, let you down, or relax my hold on you. Amen. How many of you ever had to do that to your kids? You know, they want to jump off something. You say, come on, jump. I'm scared. Come on, I'm not going to drop you. But I'm scared. It's high. Come on, just jump. I've got you. I'll catch you. Just relax. I've got you, buddy. But, but dad, it's a long ways down. I, I know, bud, but I got you. And what are you doing? You're trying to get their attention focused on that you are right there by them and with them. And what does that do as a little child as they continue to grow up? The child that trusts the mom or the dad when they're little grows up to know that as they get older, I can still call on mom and dad. Man, mom and dad love me. They care for me. And it continues to build on the relationship that you have. And God said this here. He says, listen, I want you to know that I'm right by your side. Despite what's going on, despite what you see, despite what you hear, despite what you feel, despite what the doctors tell you, despite what the banker tells you, he says, I'm right here with you. I won't relax my hold on you. I will not. I will not. And if you didn't hear me, I will not relax my hold on you. You see, when we begin to understand and see that that's the heart of God, it begins to draw us into a closer relationship with God. Because oftentimes we're looking at God as though He's wanting to slap us upside the head for all of the shortcomings and the mess-ups and the failures. And He says, no, I'm not looking at you. He said, I want you to look at me. He said, I won't fail you. I won't let you down. I've got your back. And God's endeavoring and desiring for us to have a closer relationship. And this relationship that we have begins when we become Christians or receive Christ into our life. And when we do that, what takes place? He says this. He says, now, now that you're my child, he says, now, you're not of this world. He says, now, you've become an alien. He says, now, you don't have to live this life just as a mere man. He says, I've not left you helpless, without support. He said, I've given you the ability to live Superman why because I put my super on your natural there are too many people and too many Christians that are just living a natural existence and going from day to day and just taking what comes and laying down but God says you don't have to lay down because I've got your back he said, whatever you face, I'm going through it with you. He said, I'm the fourth man in the fire. He said, I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. He says, I've got you, and I'm with you. So therefore, you don't have to just merely live as a mere, normal, carnal, natural man. He says, you can be a Superman. Now, let's continue to look at this as to how we can live as a Superman. You see, many superheroes receive their abilities after, after they were exposed by something or exposed to something once again how did how did the hulk become the hulk he came in contact with a power called gamma rays spider-man became spider-man when he was introduced or infected by a radioactive power that was in a spider right Captain America became Captain America when he was exposed to a serum. And so many that we see, their superpowers came because they were exposed to a greater power. Are you tracking with me? So what about us as individuals? Jesus said this upon his departure. In John's gospel, he says to his disciples, he says, guys, listen, he says, I know that you think that me staying with you is to your advantage and it's the best thing. He said, I know that me being here brings you a comfort because it's tangible and you sense that you've got my my support and you've got my help. And you certainly do. He said, but guys, listen, I want to tell you something. It's important that I go away. And he said, actually, when I go away, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. And he says, it will be to your advantage, it will be to your benefit that you receive this Holy Spirit. I know you're looking at me being with you, but this is better. This is to your advantage. Everybody say, to my advantage. So if it's to your advantage, that means that it must be better than what was. Right? He says, I'm going to leave something with you. And it's the Holy Spirit. Then we continue to see this interaction that Jesus had with his disciples in Acts chapter 1, starting in verse 8. And it says, John baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit and you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Did you hear that? He said, I'm sending the Holy Spirit And he says, now, all you've known was baptism by water, but there is a baptism of the Spirit. And when this baptism comes upon you, he says, you're going to receive power. Oh, come on, did you hear that? You see, all the superheroes got their abilities And their giftings when they were encountered with power. And God said, Jesus said, that there is a power that I'm sending. And when you receive this power, it's going to give you an advantage. Amen. Now here's what the word power is defined in the Greek. The word is actually translated as dunamis. But listen to what it says here as an actual definition. It is power, mighty working power, strength. Virtue and miracles. Whoa, come on. He says in this power that will come upon you that you will receive, you will receive strength, virtue, power, might. And he says, and you'll even begin to see miracles in your life. Amen. Do you realize that miracles are something that is superhuman? It's not normal. But God says that there is a power that you can receive that will cause you not to just be mere man, but it will cause you to be Superman. Come on, are you tracking with me this morning? Now you might say, well, yeah, I don't know if I necessarily agree with all that. Well, listen, uh, uh, you, you, you've got to me too late to convince me otherwise. Amen. You know, uh, I was talking with somebody in, in prayer this uh, past Wednesday, and she was sharing with us. She said that her sister is, is a doctor, and she said, and she don't believe in God. She says she's uh, an agnostic or atheist, one of the two. I'm not sure exactly what she said, but she don't believe in God. And so the, the sister has a daughter, so it would be this woman's niece. And so this daughter, the niece, had been having severe stomach pains for a length of time. And so in this conversation, one of the things that took place is she said she was talking to the niece and she was talking about salvation. And really said, you know, because the little girl was saying, well, you know, if you're, if you're a good person, you go to heaven. Well, so then this, this woman of our church said, well, you know, honey, there's a little bit more to it. You've got to believe in Jesus. And then she said, all of a sudden, I thought it was a good conversation, but it got kind of squirrely because then my sister got with me and says, what are you doing talking to my daughter? What are you saying to her? Because, man, she's all upset because she don't think I'm going to heaven. <laughs> Hello. And so... As a result, this little girl was having stomach pains. And so this woman of our church says, can I pray for your daughter? And she says, okay. The woman that don't believe in God. And so she prays for the daughter, which is her niece. And all the stomach pains dissipated, left her, and has never come back. Come on, what is taking place? It's somebody that realizes I've got something on me and in me and it's called Holy Spirit power and it's given me the ability to expect miracles because God's got my back. Not that we're performing miracles, but that God's doing it through our belief and our faith that he is still a miracle-working God. Amen. Amen. You know just last year about this time there was a gentleman of our church he was going in because he had heart uh, had some heart issues and when he got some tests done the doctors found out that he only had 30% of his heart that was actually functioning and working and in fact they were getting ready to put him on the treadmill for a stress test and when the doctors looked at his test he says oh no you can't do that he said if you were to get on that treadmill he said you'd have dropped over dead so Sunday they're telling this and they're saying hey tomorrow We're supposed to go into the doctor, and they're going to go up into his heart, and they are prepared to put in nine stents or up to nine stents. And she says to us, Will you pray? And we said, certainly. So we pray for him. But you realize that I'm not just praying to God, saying, well, God, if you think you can do something, if you're not busy, if you think you got enough juice left, God, if you might think you can, will you do something for this individual? No, when we pray, we know that, man, there is a higher power that we don't have to simply act like mere men. But no, we're entrusting the the living God and the power that he says available. So we prayed for him, believing that God is still the miracle-working God. So the next day, I'm driving down. They had the down, down in Detroit, Ann Arbor or something of that nature. So I'm driving down and I'm about to brighten. And then they called me. And I said, oh, I said, I'm about halfway there. I'm almost there right now. And they said, oh, no, no, don't, don't come down. And I said, well, why? They said, oh, because they went in, did the catheter thingy or whatever you call that to go up into the heart. And all the blockage is gone and everything is functioning now. Praise God. Well, what are we talking about? We're talking about a power that is available to us. Yes, are we human, but we're not just human. We're not not just merely natural men. No, God put his super on our natural because he said, I've given you the Holy Spirit, and if you'll be baptized with the Spirit, you'll receive power. Amen. Now, as we look at this, as we go a little bit further, we see that in Acts Chapter 1 he says you'll receive power and then just a couple of verses later in Acts chapter 2 verse 4 one of the things that we see when they were baptized with the Holy Spirit is that they, they began to talk funny. It says that they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues. So this is the initial evidence of being filled or baptized with the Holy Spirit is when you begin to pray or speak in a another language or what we call a prayer language or praying in the spirit are you tracking with me now as i said that i might have lost half our audience on the uh, on the, the video or might have just caused you to tune out right now because you're like well i'm not sure about all that i've heard about that praying in tongues thing i you know in, in fact you like, well here you're talking about that i didn't realize you're that kind of church listen do you realize that if you didn't realize that we were that kind of church it just means that we're not weird and kooky kooky like you might have thought some of them were Or what you heard about. We're just ordinary church people that believe in God. But also believe the word of God that says there is a power that is available. And it says that when they received this power. It was when they began to speak or pray with other tongues. So let me ask you the question. I didn't have you raise your hands earlier to ask or answer to say, would you line up to get some superhero powers if it was real and if it was available? And I know that most of us would probably say, yes, I would. Give me some of that flying ability. Give me some of that mind-reading ability. I'll do something. Give me something, right? And I'm telling you that there is something available for real in this life and in this time for you to receive not only human strength, but God's strength, the power of God made available to you in this hour, in this time. Now, again, before you get too crazy, shout me down now. Just stay with me, all right? Now, you just said that you would partake of superhuman strength if it was available. So, why is it that we get hung up with this other thing? Well, the hurdle is is that it simply is a hurdle of unbelief. And the hurdle of unbelief is based on experiences, based on what we've been told, based on what we've seen. But just because there's a hurdle doesn't mean that it's a hurdle that can't be overcome. And as I said, it's a hurdle of unbelief. But you realize that if you are a child of God, you are a believer. And if you're a believer, believing is what you do. In other words, faith, being a person of faith, is who you are. And so it's just a matter of having a little bit more understanding to make things click. Now, let me just clarify some things here because, again, I realize that this kind of topic starts to mess with us a little bit because it's like I'm, I'm just not real comfortable with that or I've not been taught that or I've been taught that it's not right or whatever the case might be, and it causes us to be squeamish. But I'm telling you, that people are hungry and are looking for answers and help outside of themselves. Now listen to this. Studies have shown, statistics have shown that when it comes to believers or Christian people, that they have a great belief system in the New Age teaching. In other words, astrology, astrology, Psychics? Come on. There's many people in the church that would go to a psychic before they would go to somebody to tell them about God. Let me give you some studies here. For those that just simply call themselves Christians, 61% said that they believe in psychics. Those that would consider themselves Protestants, 57%. Those that would consider themselves evangelical, 47%. Those that would be Catholic or are Catholics, 70% believe in psychics. So as an average, those people that call themselves people of faith, 60% of those people say that they have a conviction and a belief system that a psychic can help them and will tell them the truth when they need help. Listen, if the church, the believer, can look to a psychic for answers and help in the hour in which we're living, how much more the one who sits on the throne can give us the answers and the help that we need because he told us, I will not leave you without help, without support. I will not, I will not, I will not relax my hold on you. Assuredly not. Amen. You see, God has given us not just this life to enjoy, but he says, I've given you help and it has come through the help of the Holy Spirit. Now you might say, well, what does that talking and praying in tongues thing or that praying in the Spirit have to do with it? Well, I'm glad you asked because many people are squeamish or concerned or afraid about it or afraid of it simply because they don't have understanding. You realize that the lack of understanding causes us not to receive so many things from God. In addition to that, when it comes to just not receiving, many people have been filled with the Spirit, have the ability to pray in the Spirit, but because they have not known what the benefits are or why they ought to or why it's good for them, they are filled, but they just sit idle. And once again, it's because so many people are just not taught right. I was talking with an individual just not too long ago, And he was at our church, oh, uh, several weeks back when we had prayed for some people to be filled with the Spirit. And he's like, that just blew my mind. He said, when I grew up, he says, man, I was taught that, man, you had to want it, had to sweat for it, had to, you know, just had to, I mean, beg and squall and bawl to receive it. And he says, when you prayed for people, he said, there wasn't any screaming, wasn't any hollering. He said, man, he said, you prayed for people and they just started praying. He said, I never saw that before. I never knew that it could be that way. I was talking with one individual that they visited the church. And and my wife was ministering. And my wife was talking about praying in the Spirit. And afterwards, she says, when your wife was talking about praying in the Spirit, was she talking about that tongue stuff? And I said, yeah. And I said, are are you not of that persuasion? she goes, well, no. She said, not that I'm against it. She goes, but, you know, she says, "Uh, my husband's mother... Uh, well, my husband grew up in that kind of a church, and uh, my mother-in-law, she said every time we disagreed with her, she would just give us a dirty look and start praying in tongues, almost like she was cursing us. And she said, man, we just didn't want nothing to do with that. I went fishing with another man just a few months ago, back in the end of June. Uh, he's, a, he's a Christian man. He's, uh, uh, he's been at our church a couple times doing the Christmas concerts. He's, he's the head of it. And so we went fishing and we got talking and he says, yeah, I grew up in that kind of a church. And he said, but I'm over here in this kind of church. And I said, well, do you still, are you still of that persuasion? And he says, no. He said, as I, as I was growing up in that kind of a church, he said, man, it was always confusing. And he said, the older that I got, the pastor made it more confusing. And he said, so if it's confusing to me, I just don't want to even have to be concerned with it. So I started going to this church over here. And how many of you know that that is where people are? They're confused. They don't understand. They got misunderstandings or misconceptions about it. And therefore, this power that Jesus said will help you become Superman. Uh, There's so many believers that are walking around just being mere carnal men, living life, taking what comes. But God says, man, I've given you some stuff that will help you. It's super strength, virtue, miracles are available if you just know what's available. So let's begin to look at this for a moment. In these next few moments, what are the advantages for praying in the Spirit? Because once again, I think most people think, well, you know, when you get baptized with the Spirit, you just babble. And what in the world do I want to babble for? Because I don't have any understanding of what I'm babbling about. So I just babble, 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 babble. You know, who wants to do that? And it's simply because there's not understanding of it. So let's use the scripture to define or tell us or help us what the advantage is for receiving this power. Notice what it says here in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 14. He says, when I pray in an unknown tongue, he says, my spirit prays. What prays? My spirit prays. So not my mind, not my intellect. My spirit prays. You realize that you're made up of a spirit, soul, and body. And how many of you have ever had some really rough stuff going on in your life and you cannot get out of your head? Come on, wave at me. I mean, you're concerned, you're distressed, I mean, you're worried, I mean, it looks disastrous, I mean, the doctors have said, and therefore, when you're trying to pray, I mean, you cannot get out of your head because you're afraid, you're concerned, and you're worried. But the Bible says when I pray in the Spirit, I get out of my head and I start praying with my spirit, man. So that means I don't have to pray from a position of being concerned, worried, and afraid. I can have rest and peace because I'm praying from my spirit. Oh, man, that's good news. Praise God. I'll give you an example of that. I've shared this probably with you before. But when we bought the first building for the church, we've been turned down by seven banks prior to making the purchase of the building we kept going to the banks and they told us no so we got to the very last bank and it, it was pretty much the last straw and so he says to me he says well you think you get any people of the church to co-sign for the for the mortgage I was like i'm not asking people to co-sign for the building if i can't get it because of the merits of the church then we just won't do it he said well i'm gonna have a board meeting on friday he says and so i'll call you so it was about three days before the board meeting and he says, i'll give you a call back and let you know how it went so Thursday night, I'm downstairs, and I'm praying. Now, you see, my brain and my mind wants to get all worried and concerned, thinking, dear God, you know, we've already had seven banks. You know, if we already had seven banks, you know, we might be told no again. So I just purposed to pray from my spirit, from my heart. And I just began to pray doing what God said was available. And as I prayed, I prayed for probably about an hour. Not, I prayed in English, but I also prayed with my spirit. And all of a sudden, I got just the note of victory. Man, I prayed through. Man, we've got the victory. We've got the building, praise God. So then after I prayed for about an hour, I just began to give God praise and thanks. Oh, glory to God. Praise you, God. Thank you for the building. Oh, you said we got it. And I just began to rejoice. And then the next morning, I woke up. And I was downstairs, I don't know, maybe 6.30 in the morning, and I started praying again, and I said, okay, God. I said, last night I had the note of victory. I know that we got the building. I know that I prayed through. I said, I already gave you praise and thanks for it. I said, but help me pray today. What do I need to pray? And the Lord said to me, he says, now you begin to prepare the boardroom right now. I'm like, oh, I can do that. I said, Lord, I thank you. That Lord, those board members that come in, they experience the presence and the power of God. We've got favor. Lord, you're helping turn their minds to think towards us favorably. And so, God, I thank you. And I just began to pray in the direction that it gave us and then I just praised God gave him thanks and so then my wife and I we were at Sam's I, uh, you realize when those monumental moments in your life when God comes through you remember where you're at and so we're in Sam's wholesale we're in the freezer department in that one aisle probably even right where the frozen meatballs are right now if you know where that's at so I'm, I'm walking down the aisle and I got my phone on me and the phone rings and it's Bob Hardy the president of the bank I said hello He said, hey, this is Bob. I said, hey, Bob. He says, have you been praying? I said, well, I've been praying you make the right decision. He starts laughing. He says, well, you got your building. Woo, praise God. You see, I could have looked at all the no's that we had experienced and said, well, I guess we got to throw our hands up because we just don't have the ability, the, the goods to do what we need to do. But God said that there was an answer. God told us that that was our building. So it wasn't a matter of just stopping and settling and saying well i guess we're just mere men i guess we just can't do it no we knew what god said and therefore we had the advantage to pray through and make power available and a miracle happened when everybody else said it wasn't possible amen are you tracking with me this morning if not just listen to the message again <laughs> amen. all right first corinthians chapter 14 verse 2 you doing okay It says, for he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to man, but to God. For no one understands him. However, in the Spirit, he speaks mysteries. Notice what it says here. When you pray in your spirit or spirit uh, language or praying in the Spirit, the Bible says that you're not communicating to men, but you're praying and talking to God. And it says, now, when you're praying in this manner, he says, you begin to pray out mysteries. Here's the definition of mysteries. It is secrets, hidden things, fenced in things. How many of you know mysteries are things that are to be discovered? Secrets are things to be told or to be known. Hidden things are things to be found, and fenced-in things are things that are apart from my ability to obtain, but now it gives me the access to what's been fenced in. And praying in the Spirit makes the mysteries a reality. Now, notice what it says here. It says, now, praying in the Spirit, or uh, praying out mysteries, is, is confided only to the initiated and not the ordinary mortals that's the definition. Let me say that again. It is the confided or, or these mysteries are confided only to the initiated, those that are actually purposing to pray, and not those ordinary mortals. So do you realize that there is a distinction? There's your average Christian, and then there's your Christian that has the advantage. There's the Christian that can go around being saved, going to heaven, and just live a mere, normal, carnal, natural life. And then there's these ones over here that have the ability to press in a little bit further and tap into the power of God and to see God do miracles wherever they go. And having an expectation that, God, you've got my back. Romans chapter 8, verse 26. Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our infirmities for we know not what we should pray for as we ought but the spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered did you hear what it said it says when you don't know what you ought to pray it didn't say you didn't know how to pray it says when you don't know what you ought to pray you can pray in the spirit Man, I don't know if you've ever been in that place where despair and darkness and heartache and hurt and confusion is all around And you're thinking, dear God, I don't know what to pray. God, all I know to do is pray in the Spirit. Because I, I, I just have nothing left to pray from my mind, my intellect. And so God, my Spirit prays. And it says that when I pray in the Spirit, I pray exactly what needs to be prayed. I was talking with a gentleman just the other day. This gentleman actually helped us lead... Our worship, when we first started our church, his son got in a severe car accident just last weekend, and he lost his life. He was only 23 years old, I believe. And so I called the dad. I said, hey, Bill, I said, how you doing, buddy? And man, I just, it, it, it just really was a hard thing for me to call him because I knew just the hardship of losing a son or that it would be just unbearable. But the amazing thing is, is that when I talked to him that day, he says, Tony, he says, I don't know what's going on. He says, but today I am doing amazing. He said, there is such peace that I have. He said, you know, I I was asked to preach a message just not too long ago. And he says, and the Lord said to me, he said, you know, I'll be with you in the valleys. And he says, and that's all I can know that I'm in a valley and that my God's with me right now. You see, when you're going through the hardest time of your life, that's when the power of God sweeps in and He says, I've got your back. I'll not leave you without support. I've got a hold on you. Assuredly, I am with you. And when you have that confidence, knowing that, man, the Holy Spirit is with me and in me and is for me, it causes you to live life as a Superman. How many of you know that this natural life will throw a lot of hardship at you. But with God's help, you can face every storm. You can face every challenge. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, starting in verse 9. Listen to what it says. It says, but as it is written, eye has not seen nor ear heard nor has entered into the hearts of men the things that God has prepared for those who love him, But God has revealed them to us through His Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of man except the Spirit of man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. Now listen, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have received... Not the spirit of this world, but the spirit who is from God that we may know the things that have been freely given to us by God. There are so many believers that go around living this life never experiencing the goodness and the favor and the blessing and the promise of God because the eyes of their understanding are just clouded. But he says the Holy Spirit will reveal the things that God has prepared for us. In fact, it says no natural man, no mere man has ever seen nor heard or known the things that God has prepared. Oh, but those, those that have been introduced to the Holy Spirit, those that have been filled, those that have been empowered, those that have the advantage can know the things of God and the things that God has prepared. Oh, you realize in a dark hour such as this hour we're living, there is such despair because they don't know what tomorrow holds. Listen, in the next two months, you're going to see so many crazy things go on. After the election, you're going to see so much turmoil in this nation and there's going to be so much upheaval and so much confusion within the church but those that are filled with the power of God are going to be bright light shining in the darkness why aren't you afraid why aren't you dismayed why are you full of joy because I've got the advantage You see, I've got the power of God. I've got virtue. I've got power. Miracles are still working in my life. Why? Because I've been filled with the Holy Spirit. And I've got a direct line to Him. And my relationship with Him is continuing to grow and grow and grow. The last thing I'll leave you is this. In Jude chapter 20, or uh, verse 20 rather, it says, building up your most holy faith. Praying. In the spirit this hour in which we're living is an hour that we must have faith he said in this hour he said to build your faith pray in the manner which I've given you by praying in this prayer language he says your faith will be restored your faith will be built but how many of you know your faith can only grow as to the relationship you have with God. So that must mean that praying in the Spirit causes me to draw closer to God. And if I draw closer to God, you know what happens? I begin to have the heart of God. Because you recall in Acts chapter 1, he says you'll you'll receive power, but he also says you'll be witnesses unto me. We have been having some amazing times in our Wednesday night prayer. And do you know what I'm hearing? A consistent pattern of conversations as we have been pressing in and saying, God, we want more of your presence. We want more of your glory. God, we want to see the miracle working God that we know that you are. As we have been praying for you, praying for these surrounding areas, praying for God's people, the conversation has been about people. I'm starting to hear people say, I was at a restaurant. And i saw people and i began to weep because i i knew that they needed to know jesus other ones that said they're on the the walk path and just walking and come in contact with somebody and they stop them and say you need jesus let me tell you about jesus you see living a life as mere man as he says don't let your heart want after things You see, just living a mere life or living as a mere man, you make it all about you. But once you're filled with the Holy Spirit, the Bible says that your heart begins to turn. And you'll find that you begin to have the heart of God and God's heart is for people. Amen? God's doing some things here. For this is the hour. Amen? So, I asked you to begin with, if you could have superhero strength, would you take it? So I'm going to ask you, if you could have supernatural strength from God, would you take it? You might say, well, does I have to pray in those tongue things? Yeah. Well, I don't know about that. Well, listen, I realize that there's... Anxiety that can be surrounded that, but here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to let you sit on it. And I'm going to let you mull it over. And if you're one of those individuals that say, "Doggone it, man! I just need more of God. I just want more of God." And if you'll find that in the next couple days, man, God keeps stirring your heart. And here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to invite you out on Wednesday night to church prayer. And we'll introduce you to the Superman power of God so that you can live this life at another level experiencing God's goodness and I guarantee you there's nothing fearful about it nothing frightening in fact you'll find that things look a whole lot brighter in fact let me say this to you there are many that struggle with depression anxiety and if you would avail yourself The praying in the spirit you would find that depression would succumb to the miracle working power of god you don't have to be depressed you don't have to live in that dark place you can be free because there's an advantage available amen let's stand with every head bowed and every eye closed Dear Heavenly Father, I delivered a message simply to help us get tuned in, to know your voice, to know your presence, to know your power, to allow ourselves to not just be mere men, but live as the people of God that you've called us to be. God, you said that there's an advantage that's available to us, and it's the help of the Holy Spirit. So I pray that, Lord, as anybody that is listening to this message, anybody that has been hearing this message in this service, God you would minister to their hearts that you would quicken such a hunger for the things of God that God it would bypass their brain it would bypass their theology it would bypass their religion or just whatever they thought they've known that God the, the tangible drawing of the Holy Spirit would continue to pull them and draw them to you to where God they would simply say God I, I gotta have what you have for me I want it, I need it and so God we thank you God, we thank you for this prayer gathering that we're hosting this Thursday. God, we ask that you would pour out your Spirit and move in a mighty way. That revival would begin to spark from this beginning. We give you all the praise in Jesus' name. And everyone said,